today we are talking about I'm free and holy. We'll be focusing under this subject series of only believe. We want to focus on the beat of I am free and holy in this series. So now, if probably you could just put that up on the screen, these five things that I, I want us that we look we looked at. Which is a f- thank you for that. So we're looking at I am saved, I am healed, I am free, I am holy, and I am rich. I know that last one is the point of <laughs> if you haven't got money in your pocket and I'm saying I'm rich, it feels like it's crazy, crazy, stupid talk. Okay? But the scripture deals with all this once and for all on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Okay, but we'll get to that later. Okay. And I said earlier, like I said before, the, the um, rich part will come to us in a different kind of message from our, our brother, Simon Teague. Okay, so let's go to our main text for today, which is still the main text we used last week, because we're talking about only belief. John 6, 28 and 29. They replied, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in what? Jesus, the one he has sent. Okay, a bit of a recap here. Last week we focused again on the foundation of uh, this series, foundation of our belief in this series. Only believe that Jesus... Can we say that together? Only believe that what? Yes, you find that in Hebrews 10, and we're not going to read it. We talked about it last week. I'm just doing a recap, a quick recap here. The second one is only believe what? In? Of his body. You find that in Hebrews 2. Okay, this is all good for our notes if you're making notes. Now, and also we discussed on what I've mentioned earlier, I am saved we discussed, if you could put that also, also up for the screen, we discussed that I am saved, and how do you know that you're saved? Is by what? By faith. We mentioned that. Maybe I need to explain here, because someone answered last week, I, how do you know that you're saved? He says, when I'm changed. It sounds good, but it's not true. Okay? You know, how do I know that I'm saved when I changed? Hang on a minute. That means anyone who's changed is saved. Okay? That will, that will apply. That same opposite will apply. Once you're changed from stealing to no stealing, then you're saved. No, you could stop stealing without being saved. Do you get it? You could stop fornicating or you know, committing adultery or murder without being saved. People stop smoking, stop drinking, stop whatever you want to call it. So that can never be used as a yardstick to measure being saved. The other thing is that actually you can also be saved and still be struggling with things. I, for one, <laughs> can testify about that. Yeah? You can be saved and still be hanging on on the baggages of your old life. Why? Because your environment hasn't changed. Your circle hasn't changed. People don't, most times we don't know that our nurture, our nature, and environment affects the way we are. So if I, for example, I am changed, I'm saved now, but I'm still hanging out with the wrong kind of friends, it would be hard for me to go away from what I used to do, even though in my heart I'm saved, but I'll still be hanging on with so many habits and things, yeah? 
So that how do you know you're saved? It's not by you being changed. It is by faith. Okay, the scriptures are there on the screen for that. This is still a recap of what we talked about. And in the same way, how do you know that you've received healing? Thank God for taking his testimony. Because remember, all this thing we're talking about was done once and for all when? On the cross. So if they were all done once and for all on the cross of Calvary, which is why we're using that picture, the same bruise brought salvation. The same bruise brought healing. The same bruise brought holiness. The same bruise brought freedom. The same bruise brought righteousness. The same thing brought all these things. Then how do I know when I've received healing? Yes, the answer in your eyes, Tundi, says when I stop feeling my pain. Technically, correct. When the pain disappears physically, okay? But that's not the only way because the healing has to have happened before it manifests. Does that make sense? The healing must have happened before you felt it physically. So, you can decide to believe in your healing after you've received the physical manifestation or you could decide to believe in your healing before even the physical manifestation. This is where we live by faith or by choice. Your own choice now. So, people of faith now will do what? Will say, I am healed like Kenneth did today. After sharing his testimony last week about healing, only for this week to now the pain to come back again. So, is it that he can go, oh, hold on, I need... Maybe that was Pastor King that prayed, I need a bishop now. Let's look for a bishop, someone, some, you know, higher level of prayer to pray for me, and then that will be healed. And then maybe bishop pray, he goes for two weeks, and then comes back, he needs a pope. You know, take it, <laughs> we keep taking it up until Jesus has to come down and heal us physically by himself. You know what I mean? Physical Jesus turn up and, or die on the cross again for, <laughs> just making it fun or that. But here, what did he do? He realized, hang on a minute, I don't need another prayer. It's the same healing. It's the same prayer. It's not about the prayer. It's not even just that we prayed here. It's the fact that he's healed 2,000 years ago. This is what we call the just shall live by faith. This is where God wants us to be. This is a better position to be in. Whereby you're working and living by your own faith rather than the faith of a pastor or a pop or a bishop or anyone. Amen. Does that mean we shouldn't pray for one another? No, 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 no. Please. <laughs> Let's keep praying for one another. And if you need, have need of prayer, ask a brother in the house, sister anywhere, or pastor anywhere. But my point is that once the prayer is done, please activate your faith and stay in faith. Amen. And that's how you know that you've received your healing and then you wait till you see the manifestation of your healing. If you do not withdraw, the word here is withdraw. You don't pull back your faith. And how is it that we pull back our faith? By our actions. Because once we kick back into, I'm not just going to use anxiety here as a negative thing, but we're kicking back into anxiety and I need another prayer. It's because I believe the other one didn't work. Okay, I believe the other one didn't work, so I need, I need another one. It looks good, it looks pious, it looks like a holy thing to do, but 
most times is acting out of fear or anxiety or worry. Amen. Does that, is that good? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so today's discussion, so how do we know we have saved by faith? How do we know we're healed? By faith as well, or how do we receive our healing is by faith. Okay, now let's move to, the, to our discussion for today. Okay. Now, we're talking about I am free. Okay? So how do we know? <laughs> it's becoming silly, isn't it? Me asking the same question when we know the answer is going to be the same. <laughs> so how do you know you're, how do you know you're free? By now, you guys should be answering it. There's no trick question here now. <laughs> it's a simple, basic message. How do I know that I'm free? It is by faith. I wish I have the cross here standing, but I thank God for that picture. If I ask that question, just look at that picture and say, oh yeah, by faith. Faith on, in what? What we've talked about. All that Jesus has done for us and the suffering of his body. Th that's why I said those two things is the foundation of this message. Okay, this series. All that he has done, which is what I may preached previously, so the message has been building and we've been going on kind of some sort of a, a pattern here. Amen. Okay, so let's read Galatians chapter 5. So we're talking about free. You say, King, you're telling me I'm free, but I don't feel free. You know, you say that we are free, but I don't feel that way. I feel, <laughs> I feel in bondage. I feel like I'm being dragged left, right, right and center by every kind of wind of doctrines and all kinds of situations and challenges. But let's look at Galatians chapter 5. How is it that we know that we should, that we are set free? Galatians chapter 5, we read verse 1. Let's read verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, So Christ... Can you have that on the screen, please? Yeah. So Christ has truly set us what? Free. Truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Okay. Even if I don't read further, and we will read, just let's think about that. Christ has set you free. Make sure that you stay free. Meaning that the freedom, the ability to walk in freedom is dependent on each individual. No longer on Christ. Does that, that's because by saying stay free means I have the ability to go back into bondage. Although being set free. Okay, we'll read further and then don't get tied up again in slavery to law, to the law. Verse 6. Let's read verse 6. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is what? Faith expressing itself in love. One of the beautiful scriptures ever you could read. Faith expressing itself in love. Let me explain that just for the sake of it. I've just said the just shall live by faith. Yeah? Well, that's what the scripture is teaching us. Paul is now adding something here saying the most important thing is one, 
you live by faith. But your faith that is expressed in loving the brethren, faith expressing itself in love. If you read the, I don't have time, if you read this passage, you'll find that what Paul is talking about here, he will be reading further now, we're talking about loving each other. You know, let me, let me for, the, for the sake of it, let me just open. Galatians chapter 5, isn't it? Um, mm, verse 13, sorry, verse 13. For you have been called to live free, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy the sin, your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Amen. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. That is what Paul was trying to address here. The beauty of your faith is when your faith expresses itself in love. Of course, I've taught us here, love and service goes hand in hand. When you're loving God, you're serving people. When you're serving God, serving God basically, serving God's people. So just mix it up however you want. It will come out to the same equation. Amen. So... (laughs) It will just, no matter how you add it, it will be the same thing. There's no way I can love God if I'm looking at Simon and cursing him and trying to beat him up and trying to hate him and not helping. I can't be claiming that I'm loving God. It just doesn't work because I'm looking at his image. That's God that I can see. That's the visible God I can see. And then when I say, no, I, I want to serve Simon, I'm automatically serving God. So whether you call it one, I want to love God, just love his people. I want to serve God, just serve people. Either way, you're doing God a good job. (laughs) You're you're so close to to his heart. Amen. So, uh, okay. All right. So, um, we just read it here. Christ has set us free, so stay free. And um, Paul is telling us here as well, we were set free, verse 6, when we placed our faith in Christ Jesus. And the most important thing is not about whether being circumcised or non-circumcised. The important thing here is your faith being expressing itself in love. Verse 8 says, it is certainly, um, so he says, it certainly isn't God. He's talking about because it's answering a question in verse 7, which he says, you were running the race well before. Who has held you back from following the truth. It is certainly not God. For he is the one who called you to what? Freedom. In verse 7. God is the one that has called us into, for, into freedom. For freedom. Or to freedom. Let me say something here. We're talking about freedom. I am free. One of the challenges we face here. Most of us Christians. Or many Christians. Is the baby elephant syndrome. You probably sometimes people in the business world will know this when you're going to a lot of leadership training and things like that. Baby elephant syndrome. You've heard, have you heard of that before? Baby elephant syndrome is where they, you, as a baby elephant, you tie a rope on the leg of a baby elephant and you put it on a tree. Okay, so that they don't walk, wander away. And as a little baby elephant, they can pull away that tree. But as a grown elephant, the elephant can pull trees. They, with their trunk, they just uproot trees. But that same big elephant now, once you put a rope in that leg and tie it to a tree, they're not going to move. 
Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> no, you're looking at me, you don't understand what I just said. You tie a rope on a baby elephant, you put on a tree. It, it will be trying to run away, it can't move, okay? Over time, growing up, it will now think that I can't move that tree. On the same tree, on the same tree, on the same rope and things like that. It can't pull it away when it was a little. But it's now grown with that mentality of slavery that now when it's even a big elephant, that he will just do this and the tree will move. He wouldn't even try it. That's a baby elephant syndrome. How does this tie to what I'm saying? When we come to Christ as a child, as a baby, the importance of the message we hear is so very, very vital. In other words, if the message of grace, of salvation, and things like that, this message we're talking about is not handed to us, what will be handed to us is a message that it puts us in bondage. That is what Paul is talking about. He says, ah, Galatians, what has happened to you people? Haven't been set free. How are you ending up now in bondage again? In other words, these people are mighty men now, mighty women of God. But guess what? Someone has come in and sold them a message that you haven't been circumcised. You have not done this. You have not done that. You know, that this and all those things. And they're now living in bondage again, although being set free. This is the whole context of this message of what Paul was reading there. Is that clear? So this happens. It's relevant to us today. Because many of us still set free delivered by God, but let me look for a very clear what we could all relate with. Sometimes when we, we feel or we've done something wrong and then because of the message that was passed on to us, we feel like unless I go to the mountain and pray for five days and maybe bow my knees and hit my head on the floor, you know, some sort of ritual that was passed on to us, or fast 40 days, God is not going to answer my prayer or hear my cry. Am I talking against fasting? Not necessarily. But if my issue or the way I need to please God now is through my fasting, I've now been put back into bondage. Okay? Haven't been set free, how is it that we have ended up in bondage? This is happening in the church. Many. Christians are in bondage, still trying to use their efforts to get back to God or get back to freedom or get back to holiness. Amen. This is very, okay, it, this is not in my script. This is not necessarily in my notes, but let's read it. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And you see what I've just mentioned here. Many Christians are not living free, although we've been set free. Before we read that Colossians chapter 2, and we will read it, freedom that God brought to us, what is freedom in the first place? And I'm dwelling a lot more on freedom, maybe a little on holiness. Freedom, according to dictionary meaning, is simply the power to act, or the right to act, speak, Think as you want. I just wanted to do that. That's freedom. Does that make sense? Although it might be damage this, but at least I'm free 
to do it. My, but at least it's my freedom. It might limit <laughs> the owner of that might come and say, hang on a minute, <laughs> why did you hit my piano? But my point is, th- I'm thinking about just me. I'm completely free to do what I want to do. That's a free person. When I'm not free to do what I want to do, I'm not fr- in freedom. Does that make sense? So that's what the dictionary is saying. It's the state of not being in prison. It's not a state of not being entangled by anything. So when I say that Christ has set us free, I am not talking about the kind of freedom the civilized world has given the, un- uh, given the uncivilized world, nations. The civilized nation will come in and say, hang on a minute, Afghanistan is in tyranny. This whatever na- people are re- leading this. They are people, there's no human rights. There's no this. There's no that. People are not living free. Let's go in and save them and give them freedom. And we go in and then we, we kill all the necessary people we need to kill and you know, eliminate the ones we need to eliminate because it's needed. Before Christ set us free, he had to destroy something. <laughs> you have to destroy something to give people freedom. So the civilized nation do that, pa, 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 pa. And then guess what? Oh, freedom. The nation is now free. But what they've just done is they've moved the goalpost. What do I mean? It's just giving them freedom from this, but you're still in bondage of that. That is not the kind of freedom I'm talking about that Christ gave us. Not free from this now in bondage of, to Christ. As in bondage now to, to if you don't serve God, that's it. You know, that's it. Am I making sense? I hope I'm not losing you here because I feel... I feel to explain this, okay? So, the freedom is total freedom. Total freedom in the sense now you choose. For example, those civilized nations, what they would have done is, after they're doing this, they're not going to allow you to choose who you will now be your leader. They will manipulate who's going to be, they'll put a person in your, in leadership. It won't be your choice. At the end of the day, education will come in a little bit, and once you arrive, Level, your level of education moves from this to that you realize, hang on a minute, what we thought was freedom is no longer freedom. Do you get it? That, that's the kind of freedom the world gives or men give. That's not the kind of freedom that Christ gave us. The kind of freedom he gave us is freedom, complete freedom, to choose whether life or death, to live for him or not to live for him. Entirely up to you. Have you ever wondered why God didn't just take out the garden the tree of the the tree of good and evil in the garden you just take it out <laughs> just move the whole thing the man will never sin no that's not the kind of god we want he is he's a god that wants everyone to choose how they want to serve him the way you want to live for him so that when you choose what you're doing it pleases him that's why again each man will live by their own faith Amen. Each man will live by their own faith. So Christ gave us total freedom. We're going to go to that Colossians chapter 2. Total freedom not to try to get to God by any other bondage, but only by one way, by faith. The only way to access all those things. What was it I was trying to talk about in Colossians chapter 2? What's what Paul said here? Not necessarily a part of my message, but it's good for us to see. Colossians chapter 2, verse, verse, let's read from verse 16. Okay, I like verse 14. (laughs) 
He, Christ Jesus, okay, verse 13, sorry. <laughs> this whole scripture is so sweet. You were dead because of your sin and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of, ch of the charge against us and took away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, in other words, not a different way, same way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and, power and authorities. He shamed them publicly by, the, by his victory over them on the cross. Now verse 16 and onwards is where I was looking for. So don't let anyone condemn you. In other words, you're free. For what you condemn you for what you eat or what you drink, for not celebrating certain holy days. In other words, condemn you for not coming to church or you didn't come to church. How dare you? And you call yourself a church leader. Out of here. Don't let anyone put you in that kind of bondage. Amen. God has set us free completely. Moving on. Or any new moon. Oh, you didn't observe this Sabbath. You didn't observe this. You didn't, we are fasting and you're not fasting. How dare you not fast when we are fasting? God has set us free from all those things. Moving on. Um, or Sabbath. For these rules are only shadows of realities yet to come. And Christ himself, in other words, rules that all those rules is something that should apply before Christ came. Yeah? For Christ himself is that reality, meaning that all those rules should end. They should just end straight away. Whatever you want to call it, whether be it rule about Sabbath, rule about fasting, rule about this, rule about whatever, they should all end. Christ is now. Then he now says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on what? If you are seeing it on the screen, just read it. Pious self-denial. What does that mean? If I tell you I've been fasting for seven days, how does that make you think of me? <laughs> if I tell you I spent five hours praying in the presence of God, <laughs> it, it's good. I am not knocking fasting and praying for 20 days or whatever days you I'm not saying that please don't misunderstand me pray however you want to do the point is you are free to choose whether to do it or not okay it's you're free that's the most important thing whether you want to spend 500 hours or two hours 500 days or two days whatever you want to do you're free to do it because he's not calling us into a, a religion but into a relationship. And my relationship with Kenne is not my relationship with Daniel. It's not my relationship with Simon. It's not my relationship with I can go through and you'll find that there's no way I could relate with all of you in the same way and vice and the same as well. Your relationship is unique to the individual. Okay? That's why Christ set us free. Because our Father wants to relate with his children individually. During worship today, you could see I'm having a drama with my daughter here. She seems to want to just come and, 
I don't know how I could be playing piano and, and be hugging her, but that seems like what she wants. And I'm just laughing my head, <laughs> trying to do my best to control myself from laughing. And of course, when I said to her, I love you, she started crying even more. That's relationship. Maybe my son would not do that. If I said that, he'd probably say, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> relationship. And that's the way God wants us to f- freely. Not, oh, my wife, is, my wife prays more, so I need to pray more. <sighs> we need to live free from these things. Amen. Find God through the scripture by your faith in what he has done, but live freely because Christ has set us free. Is that good? Am I flogging it? Or is it good explanation? Yeah? Amen. So that's what Paul was talking about here. I cannot even read further on that, and I don't mind ending on this point. He says, these rules, and I've read that, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting. I've read that. Okay, self-denial or worship of angels. Yeah? Oh, come, we, we saw sent whatever. I'm not talking about any particular church, but anyone telling you there's a, it's happening here, so-so-so place, that's where the, the presence of God landed here, so you, until you come to that place where the presence of God has landed, you're not going to get God. That is not true. You've been set free from all that. Amen. Until you go to the holy nation, I'm not against going to the I want to go, <laughs> actually myself. Until I go there and touch the wall, nothing happens. You've been set free from all that. I'm saying this because many of this is in the church. And I'm not talking about whether you're Catholic or Anglican. It's in every. Uh, there's Pentecostal churches that tell you unless you buy the pastor's book, you know, or you get this pen, or you get that oil, or you get one thing or the other. And I don't like to use a message to knock opinions and things like that. But I understand that in this area of freedom, Christians are even not free. Oh, you should, uh, you'll be shocked how many, how many Christians, sometimes me and Kenneth would talk about this, that are in church are completely in bondage in church. Completely in bondage. Fear of man. Fear of traditions and rules and regulations that keeps them bound completely. This is big. And maybe I shouldn't even bother going into the holiness because this is very, very serious. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Never, say it with me, never to be bound again. God called us to that freedom. And it pleases him so much when we serve him freely. When I wake up in the morning and I say, God... I just want to. I choose to. And I sing, I just want to praise you. It's me. My heart wants to. Not because if I don't, you're not going to love me. That is not true. That pleases him. You wouldn't even finish that song and the presence will do. Why? Because it's from your heart. Amen. Amen. That's why most times when I worship God and I was telling Sister Ziffy here, you know, we're talking about focus and how we feel the tangible presence of God and all that. And for me, I realize that 
if I focus my mind on him, you know, we were talking about whether, you know, I want to feel tangible. Sometimes <laughs> I went to even some, cra- I, I, I'm kind of, when I want to feel the presence of God, I am the crazy type, okay? Crazy type in the sense I'll make two coffees and I'm expecting him to drink one while I drink the other. That's <laughs> what that simply means is that I really want his tangible presence, okay? So, and I'm happy to use myself as the crazy example, okay? Nothing wrong with that. For my, nothing wrong. But I also know that he wants me to walk with him by faith. To believe his word where he said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That should be enough for me. Okay? But does that mean I should not desire stop making my coffee too? No, that doesn't necessarily mean that I choose to make it. So I'm not asking someone else to do it. I just choose. I just want to relate with him that way. One day he's going to suck down that coffee. And like my sister said, if he says, she will be like, hey! <laughs> and she will run. <laughs> if, the, if the coffee goes down, she'll be like, <laughs> go crazy completely. <laughs> Amen. But what, what I was saying there is that when I focus my mind and decide to just pause everything, and say, God, I am choosing to come to this piano now and sing to you. I find the presence become tangible. God that is always there all of a sudden becomes tangible. Not because he wasn't there, but it's just because I choose to fix my mind on him. He has given us such freedom. Amen. Because of time I won't go into, I am holy. But just what I will mention is that it's the same cross that has done what? Made us holy. One of the key things I'll probably say here, holiness is not what you do. I know the understanding I had growing up was that, you know, that I do something and I say, now I'm holy because of what I've done. No. Bible says in First Peter, be holy. It's a being. Be holy because God is what? Holy. Holy, according to the dictionary meaning, is being set apart, being consecrated. Okay? When you say that this is a holy piano, it means it's conse- it's, we set it apart just for the use of God. Once I set something aside for the use of God, that makes it holy. If I bring out money from my wallet now, and I bring one 10 pounds and another 10 pounds, and I say, hmm, this is God. That's holy. Does that make sense? So two 10 pounds, and I say, I'm going to use this for, there I say it, KFC. Uh, <laughs> I'm not encouraging people to stuff themselves with that. Oh, sorry, salad. Um, <laughs> I use this for salad, and I use this for offering. Straight away, the two pepper, that becomes holy. Why? Is I've set it aside for God. When Christ saved you, he set you aside for God. Amen. Therefore, you are holy. Okay? So, by faith again, all who say Jesus is mine and I'm his is what? Holy. Not because I'm doing everything right. And not because I've done everything well. It's because I believe in what he has done for me. I didn't even read scriptures for that. 
Hebrews 10 talks about that. Okay? Hebrews 10 says, He has made us perfect. He's made us holy. Hebrews 10 verse 14 and 18. It says, For by one suffering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. So we are saved. We are, can you just say after me? I am saved. I am healed. I am free. Thank you. <laughs> I am holy and I am rich. Come on, guys. Believe it. You know why? The Bible also tells us Christ was made poor so that you can become rich. Every single thing was still done on the cross. And we will explore this next week. Amen. We'll explore that next week. By God's grace, the anointing already is on my friend there. And, <laughs> and he will preach his heart out and give us some practical steps. Like I've just given us some practical things as well, which is believe. And what does that mean? When you are being trying to for being forced into some structure, don't allow that because you've been set free. But when it comes to finance, we will get some practical steps, things that God wants us to keep doing because God wants to bless his church, wants to bless his people. Amen. As you know, um, let me just pray, say a word of prayer because I want you guys to pray for me as well. Thank you so much, Father, for the message. Thank you for teaching us by your spirit and we give you all the glory. Father, <laughs> I ask that you bring clearer understanding. I'm not asking that just they will understand what I've said, but this will become even, um, that all of us will begin to build off this message, oh God, because you will bring us to places where people are asking us some of these questions, then we could use those messages to set them free, to help them to understand all that you've done for us. I thank you so much for this message. Thank you for everyone here and those who are listening online. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. I want you guys to pray for me.